You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. Good morning, good morning. Welcome again to Connect Community. Uh, my name is Dan DePaula. I was vibing to that song right there. Let it end before you go ahead and say something, right? It is an absolute pleasure to come before you guys this morning and speak. A few weeks back, uh, which was our first in-person meeting, an all-team in-person meeting, uh, over at J.D. Lanini's house. Uh, so we were talking about in terms of what this post-pandemic world will look like and how the church will play in fact and how Connect Community would do it. And I think uh, as we were sort of sitting there chatting and going on about it, and I think it's usually what J.D. and Alini do. They do an icebreaker. They open it up and say, okay, give us a high and a low of your pandemic. And one by one we go, jobs that are lost, jobs that were gained, houses that were bought, houses that could have been lost, families, members who were lost. And as they worked their way around the room, here comes my turn. You know, QN and JD turns and said, Dan, tell us a high and a low of your pandemic. And Dan, as he usually does, blares it all out and said, no, all highs, no lows, all good, flying high. And I remember just, just thinking as I said it, I don't know if you do this a lot, it didn't quite come out as I meant it to come out. I don't know if you do this, but hey, welcome to my world. And as I was sort of walking myself through that, I really started thinking about it as we're going through the meeting in terms of how really that's not true at all in my life. I don't subscribe to this rhetoric of a giddy, all is well, blessed and highly favored Christian life. Actually, matter of fact, oftentimes I am challenging myself. I am fighting my own thoughts. I am continually trying to overcome on this fight which we call Christianity. So when I said flying high, what I really meant to say is that I believe in this work that it is to be a Christian. I believe in faith work. I believe in continuously pressing on the word of God until you have heard from him. I believe in manual labor, right Dante? We believe in manual labor. Not only do we do work on faith, we also do a lot of manual labor. Some of my hours and work in terms of when I'm working, God knows what that is. But we are always putting it in. I believe in marriage work. I remember when we were married for the first couple of years, we had bi-weekly meetings with our counselors. Nothing in my life has ever been easy. And I'm okay with that. And that is part of what I've always took for myself as being part of the work that we're always putting in. So flying high for me means putting in work. It's as I am working myself to find myself in my notes. When I meant to say that I am flying high, I realized ever so often how we are mistaken. In this new chapter that we sort of jumped in of work, we took on a, a renovation at our house on something that was supposed to have been a simple change one room into another room and rent it back out. Before you knew, we found ourselves doing a reservation of three separate apartments. Two and a half months in, almost without any money to finalize it. And something happened right at that end, a little curveball that is always thrown when you're almost at the end. We had a gas leak at the house. Within that gas leak, something which is up until today, I still can't figure it out. I, we turned the gas to one of the units. Before I blinked, there were three fire trucks outside. 
two Connecticut trucks. I guess Connecticut is not Connecticut. Is who? Eversource. So two Eversource trucks coming to my door. Two and a half hours later, we found out that we had no gas, no heat, and no hot water. In the middle of summer, with tenants moving in. Long story short, a process that would have supposed to have taken eight months, I'm sorry, eight weeks, ended up taking three and a half. Multiple phone calls to the city, getting a plumber to come in, file for permits, get us through the process. And I'm saying all of that to bring it to a point in terms of where I really would like us to park up this morning. And the process of getting our gas turned on back in the house, the plumber has to do what they call a pressure test. In that pressure test, he has to literally go to every outlet of gas that's in the house. He has to shut off every one of the outlets. He puts a gauge on one of the pipes, and he has to pump air into the system. The gauge has to show and has to hold for at least what they call a 4 PSI, which is a low pressure gauge, to show that the gas, that the pipes have no leaks. Long and behold, he pumps the gas. The gauge shows four, and I'm happy. 30 seconds go by, the gauge begins to go down, notch by notch. And as the notches go down, so does all my confidence. And I'm just thinking, oh gosh, we already have no money. Where are we going to go? The process of him to fix that, he has to then expose every one of the connections of the pipes so that he can fix all of the leaks. In that process, he breaks every wall in the basement. And every pipe has to be exposed. And all I'm seeing is my confidence continue to trickle down as the gauge goes down. He does his job. He fixes it. He works himself to 14 different points of leaks that we had in our basement. And in about a week after that, the gas was turned back on. I say that just to sort of bring some a perspective to you on something that I have been noticing that we have been living. In the conversations that we are having, I've noticed that in this pandemic, we are all have been going to what we call the pressure test. God literally put a gauge. Whether he's pumping the gas or watching the gauge go down, the pressure test we all went through was in this pandemic. And guess what? One thing was revealed. It's leaking everywhere. And yet, here we find ourselves. Q in Psalms 129, verse 23. Actually, 139, verse 23. I'm not sure whether the guys will get it on the screen, but here it is. Psalm 139, verse 33. The psalmist says, search me, O God, and know my heart. And here's the word. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive ways in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Test me? I'm sorry. Test me. Who in their right mind requests God to test them. And I want to sort of work, work you down the way how he opened that psalm in terms of how this makes absolutely no sense. He begins on the very top scene of how marvelous and how amazing God is. 
And he jumps over to say how much he cares and how God is so omniscient. A fancy word that he knows everything. How is he omnipresent where he is? And there's a part that he says that he's the only all around us. His coming and going presence in our lives. He then sneaks in a quick prayer in there. He says, God, rid me of my enemies. He comes right back in into praising God again. How God, how marvelous, how big your thoughts are. And then he ends it by saying, test me. Which for me makes absolutely no sense. This was a time for him to put in a request. I need that new house. I already blessed you enough. Come on. This is the way how you enter. I remember my mother used to tell us in terms of how you pray. First, you start your prayer by praising. Don't just come in there and ask. You have to sort of work your way through your prayers. And then later, right in between, you insert your need, and then later you praise him again. See, mama knew. Mama, you raised no fool. Not this man. He goes, he prays him throughout, and then later he asks for something which makes absolutely no sense. But see, the psalmist understood something, which I think we all need to sort of learn this morning. And if you would, turn to Psalms 139, verse 1. He starts by saying, Search me, God, you know me. Verse 2, he says, you know when I sit and when I rise, my going and my coming. You know my ways. Before I speak, you complete my sentences. You look behind and I see you. I look forward and there you are. The message verse says, your reassurance presence is all around me. It is coming and going. And he ends up by saying that this is too much, too wonderful, and I can take it all in. One of the interesting parts in terms of how I got drawn to Psalms 139, a pastor was preaching in terms of how he was having, his wife was, was pregnant. And as he was preaching abroad, somebody called him over and said, hey, I would like for you to pray for me. I have a high-risk pregnancy. He had just received a phone call from his wife a few minutes earlier saying that I believe you're about to lose our child. I am bleeding. Here he finds himself about to lose his child, praying for another woman who is about to have her child. And he alluded in terms of how weird and interesting it is that we must rely on this God. The same God who blesses is the one who allows things to be taken away. And how we must come back to this prominence of, hey, your ways are too high. This is too much for me to take in. The same way in terms of why I lose is how I win. Your ways are still high. When we begin to understand that he is ever present in our lives, that he is present in our comings and in our goings, when I rise and when I lay down, this is the God that we serve. But he continues going, and then he goes and talks about the omnipresence of God. He goes, where can I hide from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence, O God? If I go to the heavens, you were there. If I make my bed in the depths, you were there. If I flew on the morning winds to the far western horizon, you would find me in a minute. Matter of fact, you're already there waiting for me. He goes on to sing in verse 11 and 13, even darkness is light to you. And if I hide there, there you will also find me. And again, he comes back to it. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful, I will never comprehend them. Verse 13, he says, for you have created my inmost being. You put me together in my mother's room. 
My frame was not hidden from you. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All of my days are ordained, written in your book, even before they came to be. And here it is again. How precious are your thoughts? How vast is the sum of them? And even if I was to count them, I would, it would outnumber the grains of sin. Here it is again. He's saying, God, your thoughts are infinitely higher than mine. And as I'm going and working myself through Psalm 139, and I, and I see this prayer, which is followed at the bottom. He begins by saying how marvelous God is. And he asks God for one thing. Test me. Search me. Know me. See me. And lead me. That is our prayer for this morning. That God will see us. However... What has been revealed in the tests, on the pressure tests that you have gone through these last couple of months of your life? Is that your marriage, your finances, the way in terms of how you deal with people? We are all going through it. And leaks have been found everywhere. The pressure gauge is saying, hey, it's not working. It is not where it's supposed to be. The response is, whether we're going to look at this gauge and begin in the way in which the psalmist did. Begin by praising God and saying, God, here I am. I have nothing left to give. You know me since the womb of my mother. And this is what I believe is the most beautiful part of it. As we recognize that we are broken, we have two options. We could either re-engage and approach this God who have created us. Or we can attempt to hide which in truth makes absolutely no sense. If he is behind you, in front of you, and his ever-presence presence is all around you, who are you hiding from? It's like my kids. Dad, look, you can't find me. They're literally standing in the middle of the room. And I'm like, okay, I don't see you. This is how I think God looks at us sometimes as we attempt to hide from him. You're hiding emotionally, financially, within our relationships. And he's saying, I am right here. The prayer that the psalmist had really opens up to saying, if you were willing to approach God, the test already showed that you failed. However, you can approach him with these words. God, search me. See if there's a way within me that needs to be changed. God, you know me. So know all the ways. And there's something so beautiful about the psalm to where it says and it talks about it's one thing to have knowledge. It's a different thing to have intimacy. See, we believe that God has knowledge of us. When in truth, he knows every single little hair that's in your head. There's nowhere you can hide where he can't see you. What he said here is, God, if I go to the very depths of this earth, oh, you're already there. If I attempt to hide in a dark places, darkness is like light to you. It's like having a good stalker on your side, right? He's actually there for you. God is sitting there waiting for us to just simply recognize and to pray the prayer that the psalmist did. Again, we have a few options this morning in life which is to come before him, recognize him for his powerfulness, 
for his all-knowingness. Or we can continue to live our lives with our pipes leaking as if nothing had happened. What God presents, is presenting to us this morning is that we have the ability to live with this ever-present God. However, the prayer that we must have, that we must attain, is that God, will you search me? Will you know me in all of my ways? Will you test me? And this is a part of we all have a problem with. We can all begin with the prayer, God, see if there's something in me. But when you ask for that, something comes along that to review to you, not to God, because you already know. Something has to review to you that that pressure gauge is failing. And that is the part of the test. And what I have realized in conversations that we've had in these past couple of months is that most people can get past the test part of it. We get engaged on the I failed, and we forget that the God is still bigger than your failure. He knows you from when you were a kid, from when you're still in the mother's room. However, we are mentally and physically engaged on staying on the test and the part that we failed. When you pass, it's all flowers, isn't it? Hey, I'm good. I passed it. I'm fine. It, the gauge showed four, and it stayed at four. But what happens when the gauge comes down? And we continue to live and to relive on those failures. And you know what happens later again? The test comes back again. To show you that the time has come for you to realize that it is time. God has seen you. He knows you. And the test is to show it to you that you need to come before God. And he continues to say that, God, see me after you tested me. See, after God has tested you. After he has shown you what needs to be fixed, he's right there to see it with you. And he ends this prayer by saying, lead me in the everlasting ways. My friends, this morning I would like to bring this to you. That God is looking to lead you in the everlasting way. We must all look past this phase of the test in our lives. And realize that God is there to see us through. And to bring us to the everlasting way. Will you pray with me this morning? Will you pray with me this morning to ask God to search us, to look within us, to know all of our ways, and to bring this pressure test onto our lives so that we can realize and see where it is that we must improve. And to God for him to continue to see us through and to lead us in this everlasting way. This morning, God, we pray that you will bring us to your ways. That you will bring us to see you. We recognize this morning, God, that you see us when we rise and when we lay down. When I come and when I go, you are there. Everywhere that I look, I see your presence. And yet... I still hide from you, God. This morning, we are praying that you will know us. Not just to have knowledge, but you have intimate, intimate details of our lives. And we come to the only one who has known us from our mother's womb and who has come to us to say that this is the time for us to fix those leaks. 
He wants to know your everlasting ways. He wants to be led by you, God, so that we can know you for who you are. And in the process of knowing you, Jesus, we will indeed fly high. Thank you, Jesus.